Well, good morning, and peace be with you. And it's sure good to see you all here. I have some announcements as usual. Uh, first and foremost would be uh, uh, one that is bittersweet, as they say. Um, sweet because the Gillettes are with us today, Chris and Adair, and bitter because this will be the last Sunday that we'll see them for uh, quite a while. Uh, yeah, they're moving to Florida, so um, we will uh, miss you, but we are grateful for your uh, ministering to us through your music, and I, and I thank you. Thank you very much. Um, you know, that was a, a real blessing to uh, cross paths with you, and I thank uh, Liz uh, and when for doing that and, and hooking us up, and I'm grateful for the friendship that uh, you both have extended towards me and my family and my church family here. And so uh, you've been a real blessing. And, and if we could, could you just maybe put a hand up? I know we're Lutherans and we don't really do that, but put a hand up uh, over there and let's pray over them um, for travel mercies as they uh, embark on a new adventure. Abba Father, Daddy, we just lift up our friends here, Adair and Chris, and we just pray, Father, that you go before them to their home in Cape Coral, Florida. I pray, Father, that you would uh, make the way straight and level, and that you would find them especially a wonderful church to join where they can bless them with their ministry and be blessed by hearing the word. Father, I pray that uh, for those that they leave behind in California would be comforted, knowing that they would see them soon and again. And Daddy, we just thank you for the gifts that you've given these people and their willingness to share with all. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. 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 Thank you guys so much. Um, nice filming, kid. That, how, a little something for David here. Yay. That's, uh, he's looking at me like, oh, he's doing it to me again. Um, other announcements that we do have this morning are the 2020 envelopes are out in the narthex. And so if you uh, would like to peruse by there and pick them up, uh, the, the ones with your name on it. And uh, if you have trouble finding yours out there, let Susan know and she can help uh, find it. And uh, so that would be a good thing. We, are, we have our uh, jar out for missionaries and the proceeds that we get, the gifts that we get uh, this month will go to the Shamil family who have been here before. You have met, uh, it's been probably two years, three years now, and they are uh, missionaries in uh, the Ukraine. We have, uh, as a council, uh, decided, I guess, you, well, yeah, we decided that each month we are going to focus on a particular uh, mission um, that we would like to bless. And so you are uh, welcome to participate in that. You're in, in always in giving, but also in uh, letting us know, identifying a mission that you are passionate about. In fact, I've gotten two from different people to, uh, just in this last week. And so what we'll do is we'll, we'll feature those uh, on a monthly basis. If we get more than 12 this year, then we'll have to do something where we can spread that out. But that would be uh, 
uh, a really good thing, and then this church has always been uh, very extravagant and, and kind and uh, with, their, with their money and their tithes uh, for missions, and I just was hoping that we could focus even more on that, and then I would do a better job of letting you know how these things are going. So how about that? Amen? And then I think there was one more... Uh, uh, announcement that I had, and that was that there's another person to give announcements. So, Ken, would you come and, and thank you, Ken. And with that, we will uh, open with our op- with our opening hymn, and the lyrics are in your bulletin. This first is "Joy to the World." come together this morning in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth 
is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sins to God our Father, most merciful God. We confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve our punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us so that we may delight in your and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake, he forgives you all of your sins. And as your called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We ask that the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. I have to call a little time out here, but I'll bet you, you didn't know that we were going to go into glory to God in the highest. Are you all set? Okay. Glory to God in the highest and peace to his people on earth. Lord God, heavenly King, almighty
you and also with you. Let us pray. Stir up your power, O Lord, and come and help us by your might that the sins which weigh us down may be quickly lifted by your grace and mercy. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Good morning. All right, the first reading this morning is taken from the second book of Samuel, chapter 7, verses 1 through 11, and verse 16, and this can be found on page 480 in your pew Bible. As background, the books of Samuel chronicles the change in leadership among the Israelites from Judges, the book of Judges is beforehand, leading the people to kings, leading the people and introduced Samuel as a prophet of God, a priest, and a king similar to Moses in personality and leadership style. A man anointed by God. Second Samuel is the chronicle of King David's being chosen by Samuel to be king following the death of the unrighteous king Saul. The Old Testament Saul, not to be confused with the New Testament Saul who was persecuting Christians and converted and became one of the most powerful apostles in the Bible. 2 Samuel chapter 7, beginning with the first verse. After the king was settled in his palace and the Lord had given him rest from all of his enemies around him, he said to Nathan the prophet, Here I am, living in a house of cedar, while the ark of God remains in a tent. Nathan replied to the king, Whatever you have in mind, go ahead and do it, for the Lord is with you. But that night the word of the Lord came to Nathan, saying, Go and tell my servant David, this is what the Lord says. Are you the one to build me a house to dwell in? I have not dwelt in a house from the day I brought the Israelites up out of Egypt to this day. I have been moving from place to place with a tent as my dwelling. Wherever I have moved with all of the Israelites, did I ever say to any of their rulers whom I commanded to shepherd my people Israel, why have you not built me a house of cedar? Now then, tell my servant David, this is what the Lord Almighty says. I took you from the pasture, from tending the flock, and appointed you ruler over my people Israel. I have been with you wherever you have gone, and I have cut off all your enemies from before you. Now I will make your name great, like the names of the greatest men on earth, and I will provide a place for my people Israel, and will plant them so that they can have a home of their own and no longer be disturbed. Wicked people will not oppress them anymore, as they did at the beginning, and have done ever since the time I appointed leaders over my people Israel. I will also give you rest from all your enemies. The Lord declares to you that the Lord himself will establish a house for you. Your house and your kingdom will endure forever before me. Your throne will be established forever. 
The second reading comes from Psalm 89, verses 1 through 5, and then 19 through 29. And we'll read that responsibly. It's printed in your bulletin. This is a poem or prayer, probably written by Levites, because they are the tribe of priests, praising God for his faithful, faithfulness towards the Israelites and the appointment of King David as God's chosen leader. It also describes the everlasting covenant with God's people through David and his lineage, concluding with Jesus and his eternal kingdom. Psalm 89, beginning with the first verse. I will sing of the Lord's great love forever. With my mouth I will make your faithfulness known throughout all generations. I will declare that your love stands firm forever that you have established your faithfulness in heaven itself. You said, I have made a covenant with my chosen one. I have sworn to David, my servant. I will establish your line forever and make your throne firm through all generations. The heavens praise your wonders, Lord, your faithfulness too in the assembly of the holy ones. Once you spoke in a vision to your faithful people, you said, I have bestowed strength on a warrior. I have raised up a young man from among the people. I have found David my servant. With my sacred oil, I have anointed him. My hand will sustain him. Surely my arm will strengthen him. The enemy will not get the better of him. The wicked will not oppress him. I will crush his foes before him and strike down his adversaries. My faithful love will be with him, and through my name his horn will be exalted. I will set his hand over the sea, his right hand over the rivers. He will call out to me, You are my Father, my God, the Rock, my Savior. And I will appoint him to be my firstborn, the most exalted of the kings of the earth. I will maintain my love to him forever and my covenant with him will never fail. I will establish his line forever, his throne as long as the heavens endure. The epistle this morning is Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 16, and I added verses 16, uh, 17 through 19, and then 25 through 27. Paul's letter to the Roman Christians written while he was being persecuted in Judea, but hoping to visit Rome, he extends his greetings to the faithful in Rome, expressly identifying women who personally support the gospel being preached by Paul at great risk. I expanded the introductory verses to include Paul's warnings, which are applicable today. While addressed to brothers, it is clearly meant to include sisters for the greetings and praise in the letter. Romans chapter 16, beginning with the 17th verse. I urge you, brothers and sisters, to watch out for those who cause divisions and put obstacles in your way that are contrary to the teaching you have learned. Keep away from them. For such people are not serving our Lord Christ, but their own appetites. By smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the minds of naive people. Everyone has heard about your obedience, so I rejoice because of you. But I want you to be wise about what is good and innocent about what is evil. 
Now to him who is able to establish you in accordance with my gospel, the message I proclaim about Jesus Christ, in keeping with the revelation of the mystery hidden for long ages past, but now revealed and made known through the prophetic writings by the command of the eternal God, so that all Gentiles might come to the obedience that comes from faith. To the only wise God be glory forever through Jesus Christ. Amen. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Gospel according to St. Luke from the first chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. The Gospel reading this morning is taken from the book of St. Luke, chapter 1, verses 26 through 38, and can be found on page 1588 in the Pew Bible. Luke 1, 26 through 38. In the month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin, pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God, and you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Will you please uh, pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I 
ask for your mercy and grace this morning because uh, I got hit with allergies at about five this morning and I am melting up here, so I apologize, Uh, but it is not the Rona. I do not have a fever or anything like that, so uh, let us start this in the name of Jesus because nothing good comes from any other source. And I present this to you in humility. We are uh, coming close to the end of the Advent season. In fact, today is the fourth Sunday of Advent, and this coming Thursday, when the sun goes down, it will be Christmas Eve, and Advent is over. We remember a time before the COVID-19 virus, when the world outside these walls would usually be full of the hustle and bustle of preparing for Christmas. In fact, the merchants who, well, those who are still in business, still hope that we will buy lots of presents for our loved ones. And we notice that the entertainment menus on television or our pay-per-view or what have you, the, the menus are, well, a little more wholesome this time of year, especially when they show the really old classics that extol Christian values and virtues and actions such as forgiveness and reconciliation and charity and love and, gosh, you know, that good old-fashioned traditional family values. It is probably good that we have all of this activity at this time of year when the darkness of evening descends just a little earlier every day. However, inside the church, Advent is different. God has promised that he will come, and so we wait. We wait in prayer. We wait with comfort, and we wait with joy. Now, This Sunday, we learn about waiting with worship. This Sunday's reading tells us about a conversation between King David, Nathan, and God. The topic of the conversation is God's house. And this conversation can teach us quite a bit about worship. It was seven and a half years after being anointed king of Israel in Hebron that David defeated the Jebusites. And David captured their capital city and he gave the city a new name, Jerusalem. And David made Jerusalem his new capital. Now, when the Jebusites lived there, they they worshipped Baal or Baal. 
And Baal worship was a polytheistic, many God, abomination of cultic prostitution and idolatry. And the question would be, how does one cleanse a city that has been defiled in such a grotesque way? David brought the tabernacle and the Ark of the Covenant to Jerusalem to do just such a thing. He brought in the name. He brought in the presence of the Lord God of all hosts. God blessed David's reign in Jerusalem and the 12 tribes united together under David. And with the help of God, David defeated the enemies of Israel. And soon we read that there was peace. And God established the nation of Israel with David as its king. And it always happens this way. One day, King David looked out the window of his new palace in Jerusalem, and he was struck by the fact that he lived in luxury. And the Lord still dwelt in a humble tabernacle, a tent. David recognized that this was a theological issue, so he talked to the prophet Nathan. Nathan was his spiritual confidant. Nathan was David's pastor and father confessor. The king said to Nathan, the prophet, See now, I dwell in a house of cedar, but the ark of God dwells in a tent. And Nathan said to the king, Go and do all that is in your heart, for the Lord is with you. Now, we know that King David, he was a builder. He built an army. He built a kingdom. He built a city. And he built a beautiful palace. He was also a gifted composer and a musician. And anyone who has been privileged to be involved in the building of a new church knows that there is joy and there's excitement and anticipation in the being involved with such a worthy undertaking. Many of you remember. And it must have been quite a night for David. Being told to go and do what your heart tells you. We can imagine David. He's so excited. He's too excited to sleep that he's busy working out all of the plans for the new temple for God. But then we read further in that same night, the word of the Lord came to Nathan. And it was instructing him to tell King David this, that he was not permitted to build the temple. One of the greatest 
disappointments in King David's remarkable life was to be told by God himself that he would not have the privilege of building the temple. This is David, whose liturgical compositions are still sung in the church today. And it must have devastated him. And through the prophet Nathan, God told David that I have not lived in a house since the day I brought the people out of Egypt. But I have been moving about in a tent for my dwelling. And here's the thing. These words teach David and they teach us that it is God who determines how he reveals himself to his people. The pagans who lived in the city before David, they conquered it, and they thought worship was about what they did for their little g-gods, how they could get closer to God, how they could earn his favor. They even tried to entertain their little g-gods with obscene actions in the hope that the gods and the goddesses would in turn bless them with things like fertility. The worship of the true God is totally different. It is about what God does for us. It is about how God comes to us and reveals himself to us. It is about how God himself paid the price that earned our favor with him. In today's reading, God tells David that he will be with him in an unusual way. At first, the reading seems to be all about how God will bless David. But eventually there is more, so much more. It is not about how God blessed David, but about how God blessed the entire world. I will make for you a great name, like the name of the great ones of the earth. I will appoint a place for my people Israel, and I will plant them so that they may dwell in their place and be disturbed no more. And violent men shall afflict them no more as formerly from the time that I appointed judges over my people Israel. God says, and I will give you rest from all your enemies. Moreover, the Lord declares to you that the Lord will be, excuse me, that the Lord will make you a house, and your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever before me. Your throne shall be established forever. Now when God speaks of an eternal throne, he is speaking of much more than the dynasty of King David. 
He is talking about bringing his gifts to us in a most unusual way. In Luke 2, verse 4 and 5, we read, And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. Now the Lord's promise of an eternal kingdom and a steadfast love would ultimately be fulfilled in this child of Mary who bore the iniquity of us all. And in our stead, he was disciplined with the rod of men and then crucified. This is the one who is both David's son and David's Lord. Now, God determines how he comes to us, us in worship. He once came as a baby in order to take our place. He lived the perfect life on our behalf. And he died so that we might live forever. He rose so that we might live with him. And now we wait for him to come to us one last time. And in the meantime, he comes in the word. He comes in sacrament to be with us while we wait for the final day. We would not choose on our own such simple means. We would have him come in a manner that is much more impressive, more to our liking. However, even so, regardless, nonetheless, in spite of what we want, it is God. It is God who determines how he reveals himself to his people. Now, how did David respond? He understood that God had chosen to reveal himself in the tabernacle and the ark, and he went into the humble tent where, he, where the Lord himself revealed himself. And there he sat down, and there he prayed God's own words back to him. David thanked God for being with him thus far in his life as king. Little K, king. He thanked God for redeeming his people Israel from Egypt and its gods, little g-gods, with the promise that they would be his people forever. He thanked God for promising to establish an eternal house to David. On the basis of God's words, David found the courage and the strength to conclude his prayer by asking the Lord to bless him and his house so that it might continue in God's presence forever. From this event in David's life, we learn that God comes to us in ways that he 
chooses. We learn that somehow from David's sinful flesh will come forth the sinless one of God. We learn that the sinless one of God will establish a eternal throne. We who now sit before the altar of the Lord, we know that it is this sinless one is Jesus, the Christ. We know that he has established an eternal throne with his suffering and death on the cross. We know that true worship is about him coming to us with his gifts. We know that while we wait, this sinless Jesus comes to us in, with, under the bread and the wine. He comes to us in his word. Here we sit in God's house where his word and spirit give you the courage and the strength to pray, to give thanks, to confess the faith, and to ask the Lord to bless you, to bless your family and his church so that we may dwell in his presence forever. In our Advent, in Christmas worship, like David, we will say back to God what he has revealed to us with his saving deeds and his saving word. In creed, in prayers, in hymns, and in psalms, we confess and praise God for sending his Son to live, to die, and to rise again to atone for our sins and to give us eternal life. And while we wait, we worship. Worship is not about what we do for God. It is about the God who reveals himself to us and serves us. He serves us with the means of his word and sacrament in order to strengthen us in our faith until that day when the world ends and our Lord Jesus himself, he reveals himself in order to take us home with him. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank mm-hmm. you.
Please stand if you're able. Let us confess together our faith to the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made, for us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate with the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshiped and glorified. He is spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. 
We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray for the whole church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Most high, you have favored us in the incarnation of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, Son of Mary. In everything, let it be to us according to your word, Give us faith to believe that nothing is impossible with you, and so to pray boldly in childlike confidence. Lord, in your mercy, O Most High, you have revealed in Christ Jesus the mystery kept secret for long ages, now made known to all nations through the prophetic and apostolic scriptures. According to your eternal command, give us faithful preachers of your gospel to bring about the obedience of faith. Bless the leaders of the LCMC and the NALC and all of our sister churches. Strengthen your holy church in every place. Lord, in your mercy, O Most High, Hear our prayers on behalf of our nation, its president, all legislators and judges, and those newly elected to serve. Preserve their lives and guide their actions for the good of our people. Give peace among the nations of the earth and preserve us from pestilence and famine, war and bloodshed, sedition, rebellion, and every evil. Lord, in your mercy, O Most High, grant all women with children and child and all mothers with infant children increasing happiness in their blessings. Look with compassion on the lonely, the depressed, and the despairing. Grant healing to the sick and give peace to the anxious and dying. Comfort all who mourn with the certain hope of the resurrection. Lord, in your mercy, O Most High, grant that all who receive your Son's holy body and precious blood may do so in repentance and faith and in the unity of a true confession. Work in us this Christmas a love and desire for your blessed sacrament. Lord, in your mercy, O Most High, we give you thanks for your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, who is the key of David and the scepter of the house of Israel. By his death, he has opened the kingdom of heaven and closed the gates of hell for all who trust in him. By his resurrection, he has rescued the prisoners who sat in darkness and in the shadow of death. Grant that, 
as we recall with thanksgiving his advent in the flesh, we may always confess him and remain watchful for his advent in glory at the last day. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And now may the peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us share the peace at a distance with a wave. Will you please pray with me? Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts. With them we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made for the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O holy Lord, Father, almighty and ever-living God. You comforted your people with the promise of the Redeemer, through whom you will also make all things new in the day when he comes again to judge the world in righteousness. And so, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, 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 Lord, Lord God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. In the night in which our Lord Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he gave thanks. And then he broke it, giving it to his disciples saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again after supper, Jesus took the cup, and he gave thanks. And then he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people, for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his glorious coming again. Let us now together 
Pray the prayer that Jesus gave to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.
what a blessing it is to have you here with us this last time, you guys. Thank you. What a blessing it is to look out and see a family reunion and people that are here worshiping God because they know that he comes to us, to you, through his word, through his sacrament, through his Holy Spirit. Thank you. What a gift you've given this old pastor here today. And now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and grant you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. How deep the Father's love. Expected Jesus born to set thy people free from our fears and sins. Release us, let us find our rest in thee. Israel, strength and